relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Oh, that's a new voice. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, usually they ask you. They're like, hey, just so you know, they're about to start recording. And then you got to be like, yes, no, yes, no. But we are here with Megan Bauer. We are so happy. We are so happy you hopped on. Thank you for hopping on with us tonight. Um, I've known you. Well, at least through the social medias for quite some time, um, just because of you've been with literally every farm that I enjoy here in Oregon. So um, <laughs> why, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit of a background of, uh, you know, you, your experience in the cannabis market. Sure. Hold on, hold on. No, hold on. There is to God damn it. I, I was sorry. <clears throat> I was giving him a lot of, it's like, I let, I was letting the 15 year old with his driver's permit drive down the road. And I was like giving him a lot more, I guess, leash than I should have. If we're being honest, I think that's probably the right term, but also seems offensive (laughs) as a broadcaster. I was like, cool, let's let him go. And then just, did all right you were doing pretty good it was and then you look up and you're like no well he knows how to get in a second we're not going to go on the third nope yeah he uh so well and it's just stop mike just shut up you're not the boss here you're not in your garden so (laughs) none of us have to kind of put up with the stuff You're, you're nonsense so when we're broadcasting there it's like it's just you're you're so it's like you were so aware that that red light came on even right now you're like how are you just you're doing you know we're recording right now while you're yelling at me yes this (laughs) is good broadcasting and i apologize but it's just a this the terrible it's like you you understood like that question i saw that's why i had to stop it i saw you inhale just being like, I don't, that's just, that's it. The vaguest, most general question you could ask somebody. So I apologize. Where do you live currently? Where are you I based live out of? in uh, Eugene, Oregon, which is great because I'm central and do a lot of wholesale and distribution. So traveling throughout this whole state, it's a great spot to be. That was and easier. it makes that sense was... that Mike knows you. Shut up, Mike shut you're not allowed to talk for a good two or three minutes she and i are going to talk because we don't know each other and and no one else who listens to this knows her either you know her because y'all live in eugene so you're going to have a conversation with her like you guys are having dinner in eugene and no one no offense (laughs) wants to hear that because that's your personal things (laughs) <laughs> and it's great. And that's why you didn't invite anybody to dinner. But you're not at dinner right now. We're doing a podcast. And I apologize. He was in the Grand Canyon for like 
a long time. And then before that, you know, bad stuff happened to him. So his brain's still not great. So we're getting him back to society. Okay. So you're in Eugene. You're kind of like, Mike was telling me before, he's like, she's worked with so many different companies. So how long have you been in cannabis? Uh, my whole journey in cannabis started as a patient, really, um, helping my brother out first to he's younger than I am. Um, and he has dealt with debilitating migraines since he was, you know, in junior high and um, on some crazy pharmaceuticals for that figured out that cannabis helped more than the pharmaceuticals without the crazy adverse effects. Uh, so that's when I kind of began researching cannabis medicinally um, and introducing the concept to my parents because my younger brother, you know, just helping him kind of ease his way into that. And then uh, fast forward and I was dealing with PTSD and was on seven different pharmaceuticals at one time managing different symptoms. Um, and then I began experimenting with cannabis medicinally for myself, uh, which ultimately led me into working into the industry and the master's program that I'm currently in. But um, after I experienced, I mean, firsthand how cannabis helped me, I knew that I wanted to get involved in the industry. So Portland had just voted um, adult use recreational cannabis and passed that. And so I moved up and or moved back up to Oregon. I graduated from OSU. Um, then I was a legal assistant for a few minutes, thought I wanted to get into cannabis through law. Uh, glad I dipped a toe in that because that was not for me sitting behind a desk. But um, yeah, legal assistant in California, moved back up to Portland, worked at a dispensary that did BHO processing um, as well. So started managing some of those relationships, which was just sort of a natural transition into more of the wholesale aspect of the industry. So since then I have been in wholesale distribution and direct sales. I won't represent any companies I don't believe in. So I just have kind of naturally fallen into a living soil niche, which is why I think Mike's a fan of some of the farms I've represented. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly that. It's yeah. Yeah. And Eugene <laughs> happens to be a hub for it. So it's perfect. I ended up in a great spot. Huh. So wow, that's I mean, you've you're it's I can see why you do that for a living. You kind of summed up everything very well. Uh and then like you answered some follow-up questions in your answer, which is really awesome too. So that threw me off a little bit where I was like, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I do have my BA in communication. So I did some stuff before cannabis, but I mean, which I use all of that in cannabis, but yeah, I mean, just kind of being in the wholesale or B2B aspect to of it. Um, I found myself in a conduit position between suppliers and retailers, which just comes with a lot of education. So 
that's kind of what led me into the position I'm in now. It's almost as if there's a bunch of growers who connect and talk to people the way in which I did at the beginning of the podcast need people like you or people like Billy to help us communicate with things other than plants. It's, um, it's very interesting. Yep. Yeah. It's necessary. It's necessary is the word you were looking for. Once again, we'll help you out necessary because, because <laughs> you speak a different language and you're good at that, but humans, well, I kind of understand most of what you're talking about, but I'm a little insane. So, but I can also speak to sane people. So it's a pretty cool gift. So are you a plant person too? You prefer plants? A little bit. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Like at the, yeah. The older I get, the more I'm like, oh yeah, I like this more than, yeah. Agree with yeah, that. It's, yeah. Like when I golf, like yesterday I was golfing with my dad. I sent a picture of a cool tree to my friends. So I was like, please, kind of answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> so being so where do the- you see the future of cannabis? Like, where is it headed? Are you going to stay in it? Because like, because that's, that's a big question <laughs> a lot of people i did not see that being such a thing when we started this podcast but it is a thing where people are like i don't want to do this anymore and you're like damn okay i so. feel that for sure and i mean i can't believe i'm coming up on eight or nine years which is wild but um you know in the regulated market and I've definitely gone through points where I thought I wanted to bow out, but it's so ingrained in who I am and what I'm passionate about that every, I've only really thought about walking away once and it wasn't to not work with cannabis. It was just not working in the industry, more so working on the industry, but I just get pulled back every time. Um, But that was a huge part of, the reason why I made a big pivot, um, you know, being in sales for so long, I really wanted to redirect my focus for why I got in the industry in the first place, which is to be more patient oriented and focused, which is why I got into this program. And I don't think it's going to take me out of sales, but I think that I can integrate education into every aspect of the supply chain which will you know I mean is going to be a huge thing so I as far as where I think the industry is going I think you know federal legalization absolutely is coming I'm not saying how I feel about that or not I'm more focused and aspirational for decriminalization more so than legalization Um, which is something I want to fight for, uh, you know, making an equitable industry as we continue to kind of, you know, just establish this industry in its infancy. But yeah, I think we're really just starting a wild ride that, uh, you know, feels like we've already made it through a crazy wild ride, but it's about to get, you know, put on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes it is yeah it's and you kind of touched on something we we touched on the last episode which was i have a beef with once they go once it the medical becomes recreational 
they drop any real care about the medical part at all, or they make yeah. it really kind of inaccessible in a yeah. way that doesn't make sense too. Uh, but they're like, well, it's because of this. And you're like, ah, you're, it's there's, you've added four more steps than there used to be for no reason. Uh, so it's like that part is worrisome for me more than like it's that part and then the home grow small farmer part those those are the things we have to be like yo because they're just gonna some states are they're just gonna destroy it unless it's protected federally so i think it's awesome like you're in the capitalistic part of it which is sales and like but you're also like you're medically minded and you're articulate and legally minded enough to be like, I understand like you even correcting decriminalization, like, cause they're going to loophole the shit out of words that mm-hmm. like you having a, a law by background is so important because that's what they're going to, they're just going to flip words and flip the way they mean it and be like, well, this is this. And now it's like, you know, like it's legal, but also we can still come after you for a lot of different things. So you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, advocacy is an area I'm really passionate about. It's nice to be able to feel like you can create change too, especially when it's so needed because of the stage that we're at right now. But um yeah, it's it's about to get wild and weird for sure. <laughs> Weirder. <laughs> it's always fun. And greedy people get involved in things they don't understand. It's just like, it's a good recipe for just, you know, just, just shit stew where people die. That's what it is. Is Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I mean, all of the changes right now that are happening are taking major lobbying, which takes a lot of money, which is powered by big corporations, which is, you know, who's coming in right now and creating those changes. And you mentioned home grows and protecting things like that. And there are states right now, I believe Maryland was just one of them that, uh, these big companies are lobbying to completely cut out home cultivation at all. So it would just be, you know, legal rec wise so they can profit off of it. And it's, yeah, I think there's a lot of the advocacy I'm talking about that's needed needs to be focused on, I mean, the patient aspect. We're seeing, you know, huge changes that are even organs who's been established for a while in our adult use industry we're seeing changes that are affecting the whole industry, like the testing regulations that are the biggest right now. But yeah, just really doing the research on who is, you know, I mean, even just the financial backing, but kind of the push behind these changes and getting behind that. I think that's something that it's exhausting to be involved in, but we need more people with, you know, medically minded, like we said, that are kind of involved in that. Well, it's let's also get our healthcare system involved too, because it's so good and easy to navigate too. So we're just in a, it's and it's like I say on when I'm on stage now, it's like it's just fun to be like, whoa, there's a train. You need someone needs to look out. That is, yeah, I know. Train is coming at at you, whoever that is. It literally just passed through the Whitaker and I muted my screen so that it wouldn't come through. 
Oh, so it just went through the town. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess. So that's how far away I live from you. <laughs> <laughs> As the whistle blows. <laughs> that's so funny, guys. It's so goddamn funny. But I am very curious if you could tell us a little bit about this program that you're going through. Like, I just see that you're doing scholarly work on cannabis, and I'm just like, this is cool as fuck. I want to know more about this. Thanks. Yeah, I've mentioned the program a few times because I feel like you and I were DMing about it, talking about this. But yeah, to catch everyone up, um, I have three weeks left. Oh, it's so close. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I've been in this program for two years. It's a master's in cannabis science and therapeutics from the University of Maryland in Baltimore uh, through the School of Pharmacy. So this is the first program in the nation really that's focused on the study of medical cannabis. Um, so it's like designed for people who are interested in a career in either medical cannabis, you know, clinical, scientific, or policy. Um, you can pick kind of your specialty sort of. Uh, you can go more of an analytical route. So people that work at labs or develop, you know, SOPs for labs and things like that. Um, research and development. So coming up with new products, uh, policy, advocacy. Um, my focus has been a little bit more patient care and education oriented. So give you an example of like some of the specialty classes I've chosen uh, have been integrative health, advanced therapeutics for neuropsychi neuropsychiatric conditions um, and advocacy. But yeah, it's really focused on the pharmacological aspect of cannabis compared to other programs are focused on the legal or, you know, cultivation or business aspects, um, which this definitely has some of that in it, but really the scientific aspect is the unique thing about this. And I'm actually in the third graduating class too. So it's really a new program, which is awesome. But um, it's, yeah, so it's remote. Um, we do have to go there a couple times a year for symposiums and networking events. So they'll have some people come speak and we, you know, just do a couple one day full of activities while we're all there. It's been great networking, but it's amazing to see the people that are actually in the program because, you know, you have people coming in from uh, like actual pharmacists or doctors who want to integrate cannabis into their specialty, which is amazing to see. But then you have a lot of people um, you know, people that just know they want to get involved in cannabis and maybe just graduated and this is their next step in it or whatever. So it's really been a wide range um, of people that I've gotten to work with throughout this program, which has definitely been the most amazing part for me. What kind of like what kind of doctors per se, like general pra practitioners or just like what like any pattern or any specialty that you noticed i'm curious about like what doctors are trying to get into that everything um okay literally just i mean general doctors integrative medicine naturopaths 
Um, people in this program, a lot of them are really, you know, medically minded, but driven by a deeply personal reason. There's a lot of like parents who are in this program who, you know, have a kid that whether it's, you know, whether they're on the spectrum or have a, you know, rare seizure disorder or whatever, but a lot of people have been left in a position where you can't find help and you're going to have to figure it out yourself. So it's amazing to see, you know, people who have crazy scientific backgrounds and then people who are just like purely powered by passion through this program. And I'm kind of a combination of the two because I mean, I have my BA in communication, but I don't have a big science background. So jumping in to get my MS has been like, you know, a crazy journey for sure. But um, definitely something that, I mean, anyone can do, which is nice. They make it so that whether you're coming in an advanced level or starting out, you can kind of take an appropriate track for that. Cool. Yeah, I think that's the thing that really invigorates this industry, honestly, and especially from the beginning is like so much of it was people just, you know, picking up the shovel and getting into it because it was something that was important to them, whether it was something that was helping their little brother out or, you know, I had yeah. friends who were just like, yeah, I used to be a mechanic, but it helps my niece not have seizures. So I start growing weed and, you know, there's some people here in town, you know, that started entire businesses based upon that. And like, you know, it is that kind of grassroots effort that I think is important in the sustaining of you know, this industry, you know, against the more greedy people more often than not. Well, good people can be greedy too. So just think it's good. <laughs> There's a good amount of greedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's the thing about greed. It's a sin to get you. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a thin line between motivated and greedy. You know what I mean? It's tough to see sometimes. Uh People don't talk about that. Like, this is greedy and this is motivation. You're like, they sound similar. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. Uh, so where do you think you'll stay in Eugene? Or are you moving anytime soon? That's a pretty forward question. But I do think, like, here's what I see in Eugene as an outside observer. And Mike and I have talked about this a little bit. Is, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys for a long time got to cultivate this really incredible community, this cannabis community that truly cared about doing it the, the most natural way possible inside, um, under lamps, but as natural as possible inside, uh, as always makes me laugh. It's all natural. Mike. it's in a, we're in a building. Um, <laughs> So, but I do, trust me, I, it is better. I will not, I like making fun of that, but that is where it's my favorite place to get weed is in Eugene, Oregon. But because of that, it's very cheap now and it's all incredible and it's crazy cheap because it's like all y'all grow is incredible stuff. And for a long time, I don't know, it used to end up all over the country. I don't, it's like the wind and that's how the currents would happen. But now... So you could, you could, because of the wind for a long time, it all went, you know, that's how the weather happens. It would blow all the buds all over the country. And then everyone could live in Eugene 
and really care about cannabis and inspire each other. And like, there's a natural competitiveness. It was like good for everything, but now you all can't live there anymore together. You're going to have to spread out for a, the good of cannabis and B you're going to get homeless if you don't, because, because you all can't grow the best weed in the same place. You just can't. So there is a, that's, I don't, I, it, I feel bad for breaking it to Eugene people about this. I'm like, you guys, I don't, you're all some of the most talented, the, like the, the peak of cannabis across the industry is in that town. But you've all got to leave. There's only can be like two or three of you there now. It's, ah, sorry. Then I, you know, you've had to go to Maryland a couple of times. There's, I've gone to Maryland I've gone to Cali I've tried to leave and I keep coming back but I am in a unique position because there are a lot of growers you know Eugene is the hub for quality um yes. and, and I, she gets to sell it she just takes yeah. it and she's like yeah I, here you go I'm a mover no I mean I've um since medical I've been in distribution and wholesale but for the whole state so basically for eight years i've gotten to make friends throughout the whole state and just go travel with my dog and go show my friends really good weed and hang out and so it's you know pretty great and work some education into there too you know but um yeah it's been a long time building that network and community but it's you know definitely a niche for sure and it's I mean it's hard work to find like a customer base that appreciates that level of quality in an oversaturated market where you you know you mentioned how cheap the weed is it's like <laughs> beyond affordable so there's you know it's, it blew my mind it, well, I was up in, I guess, yeah, about a month ago, I was in Portland just for the day doing a show up there and popped in and I was like, I'll just get an eighth. And then the lady was like, you can get, uh, it's buy one, get one, an eighth for this flower. And I was like, for this? She's like, yeah, 20 bucks. I was like, what? And then yeah. I sent it to Mike and Mike's like, oh, that's the guy that taught me how to grow. I was like, yeah, it's incredible. It is. And it was like, a, it was like $11. And I, now I'm really worried about everybody here. Cause like, it, yeah. cause I know just enough now, like before I'd been like, Oregon's the best. Yeah. But now I know people in the, I was like, this isn't good. This isn't good. This is so good. And I got so much change back. That's crazy. Yeah. That's Yeah. <laughs> shout out to love life farms a lovely teacher of mine um but yeah how do you deal with that with like you know you you know you're working with a lot of lovely flower producers and you know it's not it doesn't sell itself but it's very high quality stuff and then you have people being like well but they they want money for it and it's like yeah these are people who have family and homes and farms and stuff like that like it'd be cool if you'd want to see them around in another five years yeah absolutely i mean 
people have seen, you know, enough sh doors shut down that now they know, you know, you're voting with your dollar on who gets to stay in business essentially. But I mean, it can't even be a hundred percent focused on quality when you're in Oregon, because there's a plethora of quality. It really has to be, I think one thing that people overlook, especially when, you know, growers are out there selling their product themselves, is providing an exceptional level of customer service to shops. Um, you know, making their job as easy as possible, going above and beyond, um, just making it so people want to work with you, that you make their job the easiest. It can't just be about, you know, what you're bringing them, but how you bring it to them, how you make them feel every time you see them. Like, are you bringing good vibes or are you always a grump to be around? Like, it's just considering all those different aspects together, but Really, I mean, just the whole interaction, but I think the big uniqueness is, you know, the service you can provide, but what, how do you support your customers in selling your product? Is it going to be through educating their bud tenders for how to educate their customers? Are you going to go in and do a demo day? and you know interact with their customers like what are you going to do to ensure their success like what how are you investing in them as much as they are investing in you kind of a thing i have a question let's from a from a from a sales perspective do the demo days work they do, you know, it's, it's exhausting, <laughs> but they really do work because when I am in a shop, you know, I'm standing there, usually have my dog Leo with me. It makes things a lot more comfortable. That's <laughs> smart. That's a smart way to do that. Yeah. It's a distraction, but you know, I'm the first one that I get to greet the customers and like, just honestly, one important aspect is being an example to the bud tenders and the retail staff, there's no better way to teach them how to sell your product than to do it yourself in front of them. Um, just, I mean, even like your personality that you're putting out there, like, are you actively greeting the customers and things like that? They're not. Okay. Then the way you're doing it and the way they do it in California is totally different because it's yeah. just someone standing at a table. That's just kind of like, you want some, stickers and there's a deal sick of thing <laughs> and you're like you're like and then like because i ask questions because i'm like hey what's this 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 and then they don't know shit what they're talking about and i immediately like okay and i'm always curious and like there's there's probably one in there once a week if i go to the dispensary you know a couple times a week sometimes yeah. so i was always curious i'm like does that work? it has to work or they wouldn't keep doing it but it just, to me, it like never, I'm always like, oh, but if, you know, you're also easy on the eyes. So that's not who I'm dealing with there too. So if you're like the first person, I could also see we're like, hey, that's a pretty lady. And then, oh, look, a nice dog. And then you're like, that works. But maybe you I always coach. definitely take the opportunity to educate people. Like when I'm sitting there, I'm going to have either an example of the soil we use or the dry amendments we use or putting things okay. in front of them right. that they wouldn't actually be able to see that help conceptualize your uniqueness as a company 
too many people just sit there passively and rely on their swag or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, I do know. It is. <laughs> it's almost it is. as if there's a reason why you've worked with some of the better farms. That makes sense, state, too. So. <laughs> if, if anyone, I walked in to a dispensary in LA and someone was at their table and they had soil, I'd be like, this is, you're lost. It's just, you're not supposed to be, because they do not care about any of that nonsense. I got in kind of a little bit of trouble because this dude the other day was asking me, and that, that company, Stizzy, there's like a lawsuit because they got caught sprinkling their thing. And it's really cheap right now. It's very cheap in LA. And <laughs> it's, it's also very strong because they're doing the thing. And, uh, and so this guy, this cool dude, this is another customer, was like asking one of the dudes, he's like, why is this so cheap? Blah, blah, is it any good? And I was like, oh, it's great. It'll get you real stone because they got in trouble for sprinkling their stuff. And the guy was the, okay, I think he might've been one of the owners because he was just bumbling after us. He was like, well, they all kind of do that. And I'm like, yeah, but they got caught doing it. <laughs> That's the difference. And I just, before I realized, I was like, I'm just a customer. They don't know that I have this weird podcast where I, I like nerd out about this. And the other guy was like, I don't care they do that. I was like, I'm not saying it. I'm just, you asked why it was cheap. I was like, it's because they're getting sued. It's because they were doing the thing. I was like, but you got to, you got to be kind of loud about it to get caught. And the owner dude was like, yeah, you kind of do. I was like, thank you. I'm not being weird. I'm just, and then I did get, this is where I got kind of, at first he was, I think he thought I was like trying to prevent sales, but I was just saying like, because the guy started talking about terpenes and I was like, yeah, but I was like, you gotta be careful though. Cause now they're just putting like plant, actual plant terpenes in there. So the taste is and the guy I was talking to. He was like, man, that sounds good. And me and the guy we were like, no, it's not, it is not good <laughs> because they're not using good stuff. They're cutting corners. If they're going to already doing this, they're already cutting corners. It's not, safe and he was like oh we're like yeah so and he's like how do we stop that and me and the guy were just kind of like it's yeah how, how do we stop that that's good he's like money is it money because hmm. people sort are gonna make it. money they're gonna keep keep doing it but it's voting with your dollar and making sure that you have people like you who are front facing and getting out to the customer base. Cause like I tell people all the time now, it's like, you know, anybody can get stamped with the you know, organic clean green certified or anything like that. Clean green guy was like, you guys can grow synthetic and I'll give it to you if you want. I'll give you three years to, I was just like, come on, you asshole. But you need to learn about the company. You need to learn about the people that you're buying from so that you know that they're the type of people you want to be supporting is the way that I feel about it a lot of times now. So just look up and research the people and then you may get educated by, you know, a, a wonderful salesperson who will bring soil everywhere they go. So that's tight. They don't do that where they would just have to be like, this is phosphorus. Look what we have. No, people <laughs> love it. Mike, stick your hand in there. Find a worm. We're, we're, and this is a great, great time to plug. We're, uh, we're doing 
it's it's not behind the Patreon. We don't have a Patreon anymore. It's behind our Utah YouTube paywall. It's like two dollars. I haven't figured out how to do it yet, but it won't be expensive. But we're doing uh, it's called Grown Local Grow Along, where there's like a TV writer. We're gonna Mike's gonna teach how to grow, and then this, my other friend who works for the I think he works for the Santa Monica government. I'm not sure what he does, but he's cool. He's my friend, Nige. Um, then he helped me grow. Me and him grew that jack a couple of years ago outside. He's like, he doesn't travel a lot, so he won't. His bud will be better than mine. Both he'll of be he'll be able to spend time with it, which is it's awesome. going to be better. It's both of theirs is going to be better, and I've I'm already accepted that. I'll be the I'll be the person. I'll be I won't be the control group. I will be the experimental group. <laughs> previously i was teaching billy how to grow cannabis and be like i'm sorry i'm out for like three weeks on the road i told my wife to just go and put this much water in there so guess what it's not how you're supposed to grow it doesn't respond also i the light went off for two days and i didn't tell mike and then i was like what's wrong with this and he was like what's this and this and this and i was like could it also be if a light went off for two days, he's like, oh, that's what that is. That is exactly. I was like, it fucked it up fast. So I'm good about teaching people. Whoa, there's, there's the dog. dog. <laughs> Leo, come here. I'll buy all the cannabis from that mm-hmm. dog. <gasps> oh, is that it? English farm Spaniel? Dog. Yeah. Spaniel? Yes. Yep, English Springer Spaniel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he has been delivering to dispensaries with me since he was 12 weeks old. <laughs> What's his favorite strain? <laughs> he likes the gas. Does he? All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody's got different chemicals, you know. <laughs> different different endo. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the nose knows and the, a dog's nose really knows one time we took our dog to new york city and, and oh man that was first 10 or 15 minutes our dog was losing because when you come out of the subway there's just it's a bunch of smells even for humans but then it hit me i was like oh man for a dog i bet this is like heroin we just gave this dog heroin and he was he was just like duh, duh. He's like yeah it all stinks this is your jam right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and I never thought about that. They don't, my dogs don't really fuck around with my shed when I'm in there. Now that I think about it, like my, like, I guess that doesn't interest them at all. That smell. They're never like, what are you doing in there? Or anything? Huh? Yeah. Leo's I'm good just with thinking now. Plant. I don't know. He won't mess with regular flour, but you know, if it's any edible or anything like that, he'll go for it. But we've been good. He's good with the plants, you know, and then they're not activated, so it won't get them like high, like mm-hmm. an edible will. But has I've he fucked with an edible? Huh? Has he fucked with an edible? The dog? Yeah, we were at on, a- the- on accident. That's okay. <laughs> he did on accident. It wasn't even my fault. We were at a property. Uh, someone had make made edibles a day prior, and then some uh, gray water out on the farm. He got into the edible, you know, runoff, and had to take him into the vet. And he was okay. He just. Uh, 
That yeah. happens a lot in Los Angeles. Our oh, vet was yeah. our vet was telling us about that. Um and I was like, Well, what do you do? And she was like, Well, I mean, I can't. There's nothing. It's just like, hey, your dog's gonna sleep good for a little bit. So just kind of wander around maybe and watch them. They're not dying or anything. They're just stoned out of their goddamn minds. So I was like, that's kind of fun. She's like, I yeah, I make that- a lot of money on this. It's like, I still charge yeah. them for the company. And I was like, yeah, but. <laughs> exactly. They can give them charcoal, activated charcoal, if it's within a certain time frame. I forget what it's called, but dogs will flinch with <laughs> shadows when they're on edibles or have any cannabis. I, it has a specific name, but I just turned the lights off for Leo and gave him a warm bath <laughs> with some nice music. And I think he enjoyed it. That sounds like a wonderful evening. I mean, that's kind of what I did to my wife's aunt one time, too. <laughs> I had eight and 300 milligrams, and I gave her just a pinch because I thought it would make her giggle, and she lost her in mind. And I was already, you know, I was on 300 milligrams. So I was like, yo, I am. And all I kept doing is looking at her going like, it's just pot. Just calm down. It's just and they were like it wasn't helping anything but you weren't wrong i was like it was all like i was like this is fine and i was like there's no way you're more stoned than i am right now there's no humanly possible way and i'm fine and then she would calm down for a second and then she'd be like my childhood was weird and you're like oh this is i've unlocked this is this is my fault i didn't know you know what i mean when you hear that like, a whole nother thing <laughs> when you hear like oh you went back farther than i okay this is i sh- Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch The Hunted with Benice Del Toro. That's what I'm going to go do. <laughs> Give her some CBD next time. I I wasn't in it. Like I said, I was in any position. Yeah. <laughs> I was designed. I had been on like a 12-day tour, and I came off, and I was like, peace, you guys, for the evening. And I was like, this will make everybody else's evening fun. I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like the next day I woke up and I was like, oh, that was, I thought I was being sweet. And I sent them on a roller coaster that I could not. We're having fun. Thanks for just kind of letting us talk about whatever. But that's like a good salesman. You're like, you can say whatever as long as you buy stuff. I don't care. Saleswoman. Whatever. Whatever. Because if it, I I was treating everyone salesperson if we're being if you're gonna be fucking all (laughs) holiday toddy about it Mm -hmm. don't assume gender now (laughs) (laughs) what a fun what a a fun (laughs) what a fun retort i have now when i do that (laughs) i'm glad that like anyone listening we are we are accepting to everything and we're so it's like we but we do have fun with language because that is a fun part of english is already a fucked up language and then we're messing with pronouns and it's fun to watch old people try to deal with it that's all i'm saying is like the miss <laughs> it's the, like there is i think more respect there than people realize there is a miscommunication that as a comedian it is nice and very funny to watch people try and fuck it up it is you know it's like watching your parents on vacation somewhere not America where you're like, this is, they mean so well, but everything they're doing could start an international incident. If the wrong person 
like even my parents in LA right now, there's times where I'm like, where I can't just in case we can't go there. (laughs) This is a different podcast, but I don't care. Megan, thank you so much for being on this episode. We greatly appreciate it. Please let them know uh, where <laughs> Is it over, Mike? Are we done? <laughs> it's been 45 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> I do have the thing, but it was like, I was like, okay. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to keep them at 45 minutes, but please let the listeners know where they can find you on the social medias and such. Yeah, uh, Instagram's probably my most active platform. Uh, it's at MLB underscore ING. Um, yeah, I'm on that. LinkedIn, if you want to connect professionally. Megan Bauer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, <still laughs> no. I nodded <laughs> and Billy was like, no. <laughs> I don't prefer to connect professionally with anyone. <laughs> 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 I find it if we're connecting professionally, I will do something inappropriate and then I will disconnect. <laughs> so, but congratulations on 60,000 followers on Instagram. I did see that today. That's pretty Thanks. cool. It's not easy. Not yeah, easy. It's been a long journey, but it's been, you know, fun to do that throughout this cannabis venture and connect with people on there. You know, there's definitely a, been some amazing professional opportunities and you know balanced with sprinkled with some creepers in there but it's that's why they call them creepers you guys it's not because they're louders they're creepers yeah Yeah, definitely something i want to put more energy into going forward when i'm not uh working on school but three more weeks we have faith that you're gonna you got this and then we would wait because of the medical part. I would love to talk to you about helping us with, we do a benefit for the Matil center in Southern Humboldt every November starting last year. And yeah, I would like, I'll, that was a plug for that. And then also like, I'll reach out to later oh, 45 yeah. minutes. We did it. Thank you guys. Um, <laughs> okay. Now we're done. We're done. We're done. Now we're done. We don't have to now talk anymore ever. Um, <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening mike thank you for shutting up when we ask you to that was really important you're doing great um it's good to awesome. have you back look your glow is better you know <laughs> and then it was fun to watch you at the beginning of this with the well like we let you have the reins for a little bit and then you know i had to reach back over and be like okay we're gonna He's going to drive us off the cliff. So, well, well, the last time I didn't even introduce the person. This time I remembered to do that. So, there we go. That's why I let you go because you did start it right. I was like, okay, we're doing better. And he got my name right, Billy. Well, I did. Billy. I didn't. I did off, but it was after, it was before we started recording. So it doesn't count. I'm holding you accountable now. That is okay. And I admitted it, but, but professionally, I didn't fuck it up. Personally, I fucked it up.